Thank you very much, John. Um, so uh, I'm Jean-Philippe. I'm from France, for uh, those who don't know me. And so you, you may hear um, mistakes and, and accent, but don't pay attention to it. I'm glad that what Maurice Mer uh, shared, because I was feeling like, oh, maybe people will feel like... Uh, uh, that I'm pointing something to us, to them, um, and it's, it's not what I want to do. It's really just sharing what God had um, taught me through those verse, uh, verses, and just let let the Spirit convince you, and and yeah, uh, it's it's good. The my part of the of James today is. James three thirteen to four ten. It's really a lot, but I would like just to to focus on a few points. Uh, for those who weren't with us, or a reminder for those who were here, just a quick overview of James. We um, the book of James is use wisdom, and in trials and temptation, chapter one, in uh, our relationships and in our and our daily life. And we are uh, now in our relationships. And in this uh, section, we have a different part. Be quick to listen, favoritism, uh, living faith as deeds, use your tongue wisely. And the part that I will uh, touch on today is uh, I will restore you um, and, and your relationship through wisdom and humility. So just let's let's um, yeah let's read the the passage. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and evil, every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have. So you, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You don't know. You, don't, you do not have because you don't, do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit that he has caused to dwell in us. 
But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your orders to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. God, I want to ask you again to speak through your word tonight, and I ask you that we will be um, open uh, from our heart, our mind, and uh, our ears, that you just transform us and be, um, yeah, just uh, people who want to hear from you and to to draw uh, closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. What's wrong with them? Uh, a lot of things. <laughs> um, the same thing, it's the same letters, but the same thing from the beginning of the letter. You are double-minded. Um In chapter 1, at the very beginning, it said, When you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Such person, those who doubt, is double-minded and unstable in all they do. And then it said, Purify your heart, you double-minded. It's again this, um, this uh, word that comes. And adulterous, you can, um, you can uh, translate it as double-minded. Minded. What I why I understand through double-minded is someone who would trust God, but need assurance in something else. That would ask something, and at the same time uh, try to answer by himself. Double-minded would be um, putting God at first on the on your list, but God would be tied with the second. Because are um, just barely first, and the second is really close to, uh, after that. And maybe you have heard that that you, God should be the first, and um, and that's uh, what He desires. But in the Bible, God says He wants to be the only one and not the first. So being double-minded would be, uh, in my sense, uh, that. Uh, trusting God, loving God, but at the same time having uh, our heart somewhere else. The, and their double-minded uh, spirit uh, is shown through speaking evil to one another, slander, the evil of the tongue well, that we, we saw last week, quarrels and fight that we just read, coveting, envy, killing even. Um, and it's surprising for for Christians, but the root of the problem there is the same. Um, it's friendship or love uh, of the world. 
don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? And and clearly, this double-sided thing uh, makes them enemy of God. And I love God, but at the same time, they love the world. We I we could um, just sorry. Paraphrase what um, James says in the in chapter four um, this way: What does cause fights and quarrels among you? Isn't it because you cannot get what you want when you covet? What co- does cause fights and quarrel among you? Isn't it because you don't have what you desire that you will even kill for it? Because of these desires that battle within you. But you do, you, do you know why you don't have? Because you don't ask to the one who gives generously. And even when you ask, you won't receive because you ask with wrong motives, just to satisfy your own pleasure. This is so double-minded. You cannot love God and the world. If you serve one, you will hate the other. And we discover a second problem in this passage. They lack connection with God. Why do I say that? It's because they don't ask God. And when they ask, they are not sync with God anymore. They don't know what God wants. They ask things, but they don't receive because they ask for themselves. And they don't even... Uh, know what what God wants anymore. And this is what James will address here, their lack of connection with God. And this is why I entitled this message, Come Back to Me. Come and get the connection you've lost. So a question I had is, why as Christian Christians, would they do that? They, maybe they wanted comfort, recognition, acceptance in this uh, persecution um, area with this, uh, the, those rich people were um, persecuted them. And they are tempted by what the world can offer to them to ease their lives, less persecution, more more wealth, um, more comfort, uh, maybe yeah, acceptance, re- recognition. And, but involuntarily, by doing that, that, they become enemy of God. And this is the problem. This is what uh, James says the problem is. Then what's wrong with us? So we, we saw with them what was wrong, but how does that fit with us, with our lives? What do we want? What do we envy that the world can offer? As students, maybe you, you may want to fit in. You want acceptance from peers, uh, win competition to be the first in your class. 
as non-student, um, what the world can offer. Um, money, a um, lot of works, work, or achievement to, to pursue some goals. The question is, um, what do you want from the world? Do, do we want success, power, power, comfort? Do we want to feel loved? Do we want to feel valuable? Do we seek in the world or in others for all value or security or need to be loved? Do we look for things that can ease our lives, although we love God? Do, what do we put our confidence in, although we love our God? Do we look for value in these things? And again, when uh, James says, if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your, in your hearts, such wisdom does not come from heaven, but is earthly and spiritual demonic. And envy, when you envy those things, that's earthly wisdom. When you harbor selfish ambition, and success, power, comfort are, in, the, in a sense, selfish ambition. But that, that is earthly wisdom. But that's not as uh, white and black and white as it seems. The, the problem is to look in the world and in others for such things. I was uh, personally uh, looking for value in my personal achievement. I already shared that um, uh, one time. My work uh, as a medical doctor and a researcher is um, asked me to to achieve some publications, some um, some yeah published uh, studies, some something like like that. And I was looking into my peers uh, for for my value in the things I was doing for my personal value. And the, even though I love God and I know that my value is in God, I was keep, the more I was achieving, the more I was publishing was for me, oh yeah, I'm, I have more value than I was a few years ago and I've achieved more and I can achieve more. And but what is the problem here is that I was looking for that. I was looking for more, and I was looking for, yeah, I want to to do that more. I want to maybe, I don't know, um, be a PhD some, sometimes, uh, a chief of service of head of department, and I will achieve that. And But then what next? You will want more because you want, you always want more value. Our need, to, our need to feel valuable, loved, powerful, and even successful are all natural. It's normal. No, nobody wants to, to be a loser, right? <laughs> it's normal to, to want to success and to want to be loved. And, and we, you have even those babies who won't grow if they don't have love. 
They, you can feed them, you can give them everything they need, but if they are not loved, they, will, they won't grow normally. And that's natural. We, are, we have been created like that. Um, the problem is that those needs are meant to be fulfilled by God and by God only. And what was wrong in, with me was that I was looking for my value in those things. If I achieve that, then I have value. No. In God, I have value. And then I can do anything else. Or not do anything else. Because my value is not in these things. And we become double-minded. And we become, even what James says, enemy of God when we look for something or someone else to fulfill these needs. And I, I would like us to take a few moments to, to just to um, think what, um, what in my life I've taken God's role in my value. Um, is success is what I'm looking for? Is to feel loved is what I'm looking for? Powerful? Do I look for comfort that will reassure me, or um, yeah, what what is that um, that makes me valuable? So take a few minutes and ask, even ask God to God show me. We'll uh, uh, continue just to. To give us um, an illustration, I will go over that quickly, but why uh, is earthly wisdom so appealing? Um, even though James says it's earthly and demonic and spiritual. For me, I think it's because it gives us the illusion of security and value. Um, security in the wealth and the comfort that we can get, the accomplishment. Um, I read something that was uh, a pastor was saying when I meet with a high class uh, social class person and something bad happened to them they always or, always seem surprised as if um, their social class could protect them but when I'm with low class people that it's life it's normal and and maybe we can um, depending of our achievement we can feel uh, secure um, and that's wrong. That's something um, th- something wrong. It gives us the illusion of value, uh, our status, or the acceptance that we have uh, with among peers, the recognition, and it's tangible. It's easy, ready to use. Um, God's when God gives us um, comfort, then we have to 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 go to Him with faith without seeing, with pray, and sometimes we need to wait. But uh, in our words, we, oh, you want security? Buy this insurance. You want security? Buy this camera. And, and then security camera. And then, yeah, it's ready to use. So it's easy to, f- to fall in, into that. It's full of pro- promised and it's so v- advertised. I was thinking about 
all this um, uh, sh TV show that we have, um, the the Voice, incredible incredible talents, the, even the American Dream, are uh, advertising of success, successful people, and um, and they want them to want you to res resemble to that to to achieve the same. And oh yeah, maybe I'm an incredible talent. I should go there and I should sing and I will I will be successful and rich and etc. Until it falls apart, um, and they won't show you this part because earthly wisdom is dangerous. This is what James says. Um, earthly wisdom is destructive. And TV won't show you that. <laughs> um, it leads to disorder, every evil practice. You may, those um, in those church was even going to kill people, and they were quarreling and fighting over that. Our desire for these things leads eventually to destruction. And the last thing that I want to um, to say is that there's no such thing as natural wisdom. James doesn't uh, offer a third choice. It's either heavenly wisdom or earthly wisdom, demonic wisdom. And you can go, I don't know if you remember, but you can read again the, the letter and you will see um, from the beginning, uh, James make it clear, you have evil desire in chapter one, you have evil thoughts in chapter two, uh, your tongue is set on fire by hell, chapter 3. And even afterwards, it will talk about evil, evil bust, um, busting. And it makes it clear, if it doesn't come from heaven, it comes from, from Satan. So, evil wisdom is dangerous. And the other f uh, side of that is... Um, all those needs that we need, God wants to feel, fulfill them. The natural question is, so what is heavenly wisdom? Heavenly wisdom... Hey. <laughs> yes. Heavenly wisdom uh, is first of all pure, seeking peace, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, or merciful, um, impartial, and uh, sincere. You don't have the sincere at the at the end, but it's okay. This um, to me sound, sounded complicated, difficult to put into practice because, um, um, yeah, I I, never, I always wanted to to put it into practice, but it's so it's like that's too too much things in there, and and it doesn't sound like what we know about wisdom in the dictionary, for example. Um, yeah, wisdom is not pure in the dictionary, right? <laughs> wisdom is some knowledge or something like that. So I would like to suggest to you that um, heavenly wisdom is love. And for that, I would like um, to read 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 7, where it says, Love is patient, love is kind, Love doesn't envy or boast. It is not proud. It doesn't dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. Not easily angered. Keeps no record of wrongs. 
It doesn't delight in evil, but rejoice with the truth. It always protects, trusts, hopes, perseveres. Love never fails. And it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense because, first of all, it comes from the same person, <laughs> from God who is love. And it makes sense because, um, yeah, it's, it's from heaven. And, and James talked about that in the context of relationships, in the con- context of the church, living in the church, the context of stop quarreling and fighting, right? And maybe James is saying there that to be like that, we need to go back to the source, to the one who gives that wisdom, because that's not the earthly wisdom at all. Never, I never heard of wisdom like that. And, and being love, being like that, is only when I am with him, I am with love. I need to be connected with God. And remember, th- their problem was they were disconnected with God. They didn't know anymore what was that God really wanted for them. And to reconnect with God, we need humility. And this is why James goes to humility. But just before that, notice that he says, Do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favors to the favor to the humble. God longs for the spirit in us. God longs for us. It's a don't focus on the jealousy part. <laughs> God longs for us. It's a gentle jealousy. And Richard Foster wrote I already quote that but I love it. Today, the heart of God is an open wound of love. He aches over our distance and preoccupation. He mourns that we do not draw near to him. He grieves that we have forgotten him. He weeps over our obsession with munchness and manyness. He longs for our presence. He longs for our presence. He deeply wants this relationship. He invites us. And he wants that so much that he took care of anything that could prevent this um, relationship. Don't worry about sin. Jesus dealt with it. Don't be afraid. I love you. I want you. And notice that uh, James says he gives us more grace. Like, it was not enough that Jesus died. (laughs) He gives us more, more grace. God is generous. He gives generously. He's gracious. And despite this jealousy, he will give more. He won't look at this jealousy. And this is why James says, um, this is why. This, This is why that I bold, put in bold here, is to just insist on the favor of God for the humble. 
because of this grace is able to favor the humble. James quote the, this verse, but is not interested of the opposes the proud. You, his point here is God is gracious and because of this grace his jealousy won't burn you but he will show you favor. And then he goes and said so what is humility? Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, veil, change your order to mourning, and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Humility is a wholehearted, transparent, and dependent relationship with God. And this is what James says. So first of all, he says, submit to God. Submit to God is not humble yourself, otherwise you wouldn't say it at the end. So I was thinking, so what is it? What is it? Submit to God is more giving, give all your heart to God. Be wholehearted. Submit to God. Don't hide something to God. Come to him as you are, but as you, as a whole. And the second thing is, just goes along with that. Resist the devil. The devil wants you to love the world, so you would be adulterous. You would be double-minded. But you must resist the devil to be only to God, to be wholehearted. And this Go, comes with a promise that is, it will flee from you. So that's, that's great. And then he said, come near to God. Remember, I just said, God came first. So this is just a response. And it's an invitation to relationship with him. To mutual love like a couple. The, you adulterous people, was, you cheated me. I'm your spouse and you cheated on me. But come back. I'm here. I'm waiting for you. God's arms are wide open. He solved the problem of sin, like I said. And his jealousy won't burn you. It, it is covered by grace, by longing. God himself is inviting us. He says, come back to me. Then... James says, wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And so twice he said purify. And I was thinking, yeah, and it's funny because it comes after you come near to God. And he's in his presence, he will show you your sin. And, but you need to acknowledge that. You need to recognize that you're a sinner. You need to, to repent. And then James says, grieve, mourn, veil, change your order into mourning and your joy into gloom. Five times he asked them to mourn. He said, is it not a lot? <laughs> I said, why 
is he so insisting on that? I was thinking to, uh, of this verse of 2 Corinthians 7.10 who said, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regrets. But worldly sorrow brings death. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leave, leaves no regrets. This is why it's so important for James, because this sorrow brings life. And if we really are repentant, um, then we will get this salvation. And at the end, he, he said, humble yourself, which is, I think, more um, recognition of my need of God. Recognize that I need to know you. I need you to live. I need you to, um, to fulfill my needs, like we said at the beginning. Those natural needs that you created, fulfill them now. And it comes also with the promise. He will lift you up. Lift you up. So, to summarize that, God wants a true, complete, a true and complete relationship with us. And he is ready to give it to us if we are sincere and repentant. This is humility. He wants to extend this to others, our relationship with our brothers and sisters through heavenly wisdom, which is selfless love. And he says, come back to me. I would like us to pray now. And um, just to think over these five points. At the beginning, we were thinking about, God, where did you, yeah, did I take some fi something else or someone else to replace you, to give me value, to give me um, power, success? And now the solution is, I want to submit to you, God. I want to give, it, give all my heart to you. And I want you to fulfill these needs of being loved, of being valuable. These are noble feelings, but they are meant to be fulfilled by God. And the... The other step is I want to come near to you, God. Show me my sin. I will repent of it, of, the, of it. And I need you for that. And during the week, well, Satan won't let you go easily. <laughs> because he wants you to be adulterous. But God is here. God is near. God is inviting us. And just keep that in mind. Um, God is with you, is for you, and is not accusing you. Just want to uh, convince you.
Let's pray. Daddy, I thank you for your love. I thank you for um, the way you you just come to us, the way you invite us, the way you you give us more grace. Even though we are um, double-minded, we are adulterous. Even though we sometimes we seek for so for something else to fulfill uh, our need to be loved, valuable. God, thank you for that. Thank you for this mercy. Thank you for for so much love. And we want to to repent and. Um, to recognize our sins and we want to ask you to to purify uh, our hearts and to transform yeah transform our mind that we would be only to you just to you And thank you for this promise that you will be with us, that Satan will flee and you will lift us up. Thank you for those promises of victory. Thank you for the victory you won in Jesus and that, that is ours now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. In this uh, mindset of prayer, um, we'll keep praying and um, we'll take the communion if you want to.